1: Welcome along to the latest Liverpool Echo Flood Red podcast. If you celebrated, we hope you had a very good Christmas. We'll be talking about a late Christmas present for Liverpool fans. News, of course, breaking that Cody Gakpo has signed. He signed last night. We'll start with him, Doily. Obviously, Liverpool adding to their forward line. We'll talk a, a little bit about the, the rest of, of January and plenty of other things throughout the podcast. But... Uh, First and foremost, what were your initial thoughts when that news broke apart? From you were already very tired after Aston Villa, and you'd rather it didn't happen that particular night.
2: Yeah, that that wasn't very helpful, I'll be honest. And also, it happened just after Jurgen Klopp had finished his press conference. So, had it come out about 20 minutes earlier, we'd have been able to ask him about it, but he'd, uh, he'd gone by that point. I think before we go any further on this podcast, I think we should point out it's the ill podcast because <laughs> I'm not particularly great. Seeing Joe coughing away there, and I know, Matt, you don't sound 100%. So, this is the, you know, we're, we're cracking on in this Christmas week. For our listeners, that's what we're doing, putting our bodies on the line physically and mentally over this difficult, hectic festive period. And going back to the the transfer, yeah. So on the Monday, yeah, obviously, that's when we discovered it. It kind of came out of the blue, didn't it, in a way, because Liverpool weren't really realistically linked. Although I would like to point out that Uh, We did do a podcast last week and we did discuss transfers and I said, look, if Liverpool are going to sign anybody, it needs to be a forward, without having any knowledge of this happening, by the way. I said that Liverpool need to sign a forward and Ian clock spoke today and said they'd made the decision two or three months ago for for sporting reasons to to get somebody in, whether it was going to be January or at the end of the season. He kind of later admitted that the injuries to Diaz and... And Jota, while not massively influencing the fact that they were actually signing in Gakpo, they did, it did help that he was then, you know, kind of available in the January, which meant that they could bring him in and kind of alleviate some of the some of the you know the pressure on the remaining fit forwards. So, I mean, from from a profile point of view, you look at it and you think he's 23. It's kind of the same age that I can't remember how Diaz was. He wasn't 23, he was he? You think he was slightly a little bit older? But you look at Jota was 23. Um, and if Salah wasn't much older, Manny possibly a little tiny, a little bit older. But these are, are players who, as Klopp said, when they've come to Liverpool, they've taken the next step, and all of them have done. Some of them even more so than others. And he said that looking at at, at Gakpo, the player that sorry, the, the times that he's had to step up, he's done so. And I think while you never buy anyone on the back of a good World Cup, I think the fact that he played so well. And contributed goals for a Holland team that, as Klopp said, wasn't particularly set up to suit a striker because they had nearly everybody behind the ball and didn't really create any chances. To get to the quarterfinals, he was a large part of that, certainly scoring every group game. And I think that kind of twisted their arm a little bit more that, that they could get something done now because he's in such good form. And I think that's something that Liverpool will need. They they can't really afford someone who's going to take months to settle because you've seen saw so with Diaz last year. And Jota, the season before that, is that when somebody comes in straight away and it's a ground running, they can make a big impact. I think that's what Liverpool need due to the shortage of options on that left side of, uh, of the attack, which is where he's going to play. You look at his numbers. I uh, can't remember this off the top of my head. I'm sure I've worked this out. I think he's played 31 games for both club and country this season. I think he scored 18 goals and contributed about 19 assists. So it's quite a lot of, maybe probably not that that many, but it's a lot of goal involvements. And that's what Liverpool's forwards are all about. Look at Salah's numbers, look at Jota, look at Nunez. I know I'm going to speak about him a bit later on and what what he brings to the team. But he brings numbers, and that's what Liverpool need from their forwards. So, in that sense, Klopp did say that now's the right time to move for him because if he goes to Spain, scores 40 goals in a season there, Liverpool, his actual word was unaffordable, wouldn't be able to afford him. So, Liverpool have had to do what they've done with Diaz to a certain degree, get him in before he went anywhere else and saw his value rocket higher because... They believe in the potential of the player and they'd rather he carried on realising it at Liverpool than than anywhere else.
1: I think the, the value thing, Joe, is is interesting. There's been sort of lots of talk really around sort of it being, what is it, an initial 37, possibly rising a, a little bit above 40 in, in all. It, it doesn't seem like that big a fee when you think of, like what he says, the number of goals, the number of assists that he's got this season. You only have to compare it, say, to Anthony going to, to Manchester United for around double that in the summer. It, it does seem like Liverpool have managed to find some good value with this one.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a lot of people quite shocked that they got him for what feels like, I always think it sounds a bit weird when you say that £37 million, so it feels like a small fee. But, but like like you say, with pointing out Anthony, it does feel like a, a, a smaller fee for a player whose profile certainly in the last six months has ridden, risen considerably and I think probably that's well, not probably that's certainly part of the reason why Liverpool have gone for him now because they probably feel that, that fee could rise even more in the next six months <clears throat> and there could be more interested parties and I always think with Liverpool they have to operate you know they're, they're not like Man City are they they can't buy Erling Haaland the finished article with like the wages that he brings and, and the transfer fee that he brings. You know they they have to sign the Nunez's of this world, the Cody Gakpo's, players who have great potential and um, are coming in at a time when they're on an upward trajectory. But it but they don't. You know we we don't know for sure whether he's gonna he's gonna work out. But you know they've got a good track record. They they tend to work out in the past, and you know it's going to be very exciting to see whether he Diaz and, and, and Nunez as well as Jota can form the future of Liverpool's front line and. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because as Doily said, it came totally out by surprise. I think most people were thinking, well, Liverpool buy a midfielder in January. Um, You know, I've seen a few people complaining this isn't what they need. But I always find that slightly odd because, you know, a good recruit is a good recruit. I don't think you necessarily need to, you know, but buying a forward doesn't mean you can't buy a midfielder and, and vice versa. So, you know, I, I think Liverpool still know full well they need a midfielder and they need, more players in that part of the pitch, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go out and buy those players in the summer. And then they they knew that they knew they weren't attainable now, so they thought they'd strike while this this forward is available. So I'm really really excited by him. one thing that really gets me, and it's the same with Nunes. Is he's quite tall, as he? he seems to be quite a quick, tall player and um, physically able. And, and I know Liverpool seems to like that sort of profile of a player, so that should be handy. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him play. So. um you know, it won't be um won't be Brentford, will it, Doyle's clock was saying that today, but it looks like Wolves in the FA Cup. I always find it slightly odd that they have the, the transfer window opens on the first of Jan, but everyone that sort of does the paperwork's off so that the players actually can't play until quite a bit further away. Why don't we just open it on the second of January so that the players can play straight away and those people can process the paperwork? It seems a bit silly. But yeah, anyway, looking forward to um, to seeing him playing. Going to be really interesting how, how Liverpool make up that forward line when everyone's fifth. But, um, you know, it might be a little while before that is that, that happens.
1: Yeah, it might be a, a good few weeks, possibly a little bit longer before Liverpool have that sort of headache. But it, it is interesting to, to sort of think about where he is going to fit in, he Obviously, Liverpool have lots of players who've played off the left. We watched him, obviously, during the World Cup playing through the middle. I think he, he described himself when he was asked by uh, Liverpool's media team yesterday as a false nine and, and someone who wanted to to play in that role. I suppose part of, of the reason they will have bought him is that he can play in a number of these roles. It, it doesn't have to be the case that he can just come in and, and play one, but how do you kind of see him fitting into this Liverpool attack?
2: Well, he's going to play on the left when he comes in. Simple as that, because they haven't got any left wingers, basically. Well, I immediately. It's like we don't really need to know that, do we? I think the, the, the point is that where do you see Nunes, for example? I know we're going to touch on him in a bit, but you'd see him down the middle, wouldn't you? And you see Salah down the right. And then suddenly you've got three players for the left wing, but you know they're all going to get games because Jota can play down the middle and possibly sometimes down the right. And, and you know, obviously the new line can play in all the positions as well. He can play in that false nine. If he, if he's if he's come out and said that, you know, then he's obviously feels feels quite confident he can play in that position because you'd argue that there's only really Firmino that can do that for Liverpool at the moment. So... I do think that uh, 17 goals and 18 assists, by the way, in the in the 31 games, uh, I just checked when, when when Joe was talking. So, I, not really that fussed about where he plays. I mean, it's like, where, where does Diaz play? As I said, he plays on the left, but when he plays, he's going to be playing. Where does Jota play? You know, where did Mane play? He played on the left. Uh, he started on the right, then went to the left, ended his Liverpool career playing down the middle. So, you know, Salah normally plays down the right, sometimes played down the middle. It's the fact that they can all do this and in interchange. I don't think we should be worried too much about where he's going to play. It's just the fact that he's available, and he's he's an option, and he can play in all these positions. But you know, you're right. There will be one position in the end where he'll probably think, "I want to go play in there." Funny though, that Klopp club, club said it's on the left wing, and then he said that he can play as a false nine. So you know, already um, a bit more versatile than perhaps the manager thinks.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that can only sort of add to the appeal. The, the false nine thing was, was interesting to me, Joe, as well, because we heard Jurgen Klopp say today that he was absolutely insistent that he wants Roberto Firmino to, to sign a new contract. I mean, it, it might not be in the summer that Firmino moves on, but it did strike me as being interesting that Cody Gappo says he can play as a false nine. Roberto Firmino coming towards the end of his contract. As I say, it might not be this summer, but at some point you think possibly that could be a, a bit of a succession planning in that way as well.
0: Exactly, and that's why it's good business, isn't it? Because Liverpool are replacing those players while they're still there. And, and you know, they, they sort of did that with Diaz and Mane last year. Um, and it just feels like it's a gradual transition. Um, but I think Gakpo seems to cover Liverpool on a number of bases, doesn't he? You know, in the in the short term, because they've got those injuries to Jota and, and Diaz. Um, potentially in the long term with a, a totally new forward line, uh, once sort of Firmino, Salah, those, those old guard move on. Maybe in the medium term as well, if, if Firmino does either leave in the summer or, or sign a, a contract extension, but then doesn't feature as, as prominently as he has done. So it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, it saves Liverpool potentially spending more money further down the line when when as and when Firmino does leave. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I still think Firmino might be one of those people that you get towards the summer and then he signs a, a shorter contract extension, like the way you see with Henderson and Milner. Seem to do um, because he does seem settled there. But then at the same time, if he's on big money and he gets a a lucrative offer from, I don't know whether it's the the Middle East or perhaps back in Brazil, um, that would probably suit him as well. So, be interesting to see what happens with Firmino. Klopp clearly wants him to stay, so um, hopefully they can make that happen because I think he's still got his use for Liverpool. Yet it would be good if the likes of Gakpo, if he's going to play in the false nine position gets a bit more time playing alongside Firmino to learn off someone who does it very, very well.
1: Yeah, certainly good to, to have those options, isn't it? I think even if Roberto Firmino was to move on, it'd be quite nice to see Liverpool keep the uh, the six attacking forwards or certainly the six senior options that they've got in that area of the pitch. That would certainly be a, a useful thing. But uh, Dodi Clock was also asked about the rest of January, what sort of that looks like, obviously, as we've mentioned, not just a, a forward that Liverpool were looking a little bit light, obviously light in, in midfield as well. Are you any more convinced that they might do something along those lines or what do you make of, of what Jürgen Klopp said today?
2: I think I'm convinced they're not going to do anything. I think they've got nine midfielders, is it? If you go through them, you've got Fabinho Henderson, Thiago, Elliott, Jones, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Cater. Basketic now, you could argue is an option. Arthur Mello, although he's obviously injured for a long time. Cavalio can play there. Firmino's played there. What are we up to now, 11. Um, so there's there's quite a lot of options, especially if they're going to play the three. Milner, there's 12. So there's a lot there that they can pick from. And I think they're quite aware that, I think three of the four of those players I've just mentioned are out of contract at the end of the season. They're not all going to stay. Probably most of them won't. There's a likelihood that none of them will. So they're going to have to replace them at some point. And they'd rather, as Joe kind of said, that... They've signed the player now because they, they could and they need him in Gakpo, and they're going to you know keep the powder dry for the summer and, and get in the couple of midfielders that they need, in which they obviously hope that one of them is a, is somebody who played for England the World Cup and plays for Borussia Dortmund and originally played for for Birmingham City and he's had his shirt re- retired there and he's also interested in uh, Real Madrid and Manchester City. So don't want to mention his name, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that player. So I do think that, yeah, I would be very surprised if Liverpool signed anybody of real, in terms of transfer value. There's no, I mean, they may end up signing like a, a youngster, like they did with, you know, Cavalier. They did something like that. Um, you could do something like that because they're always looking. But unless something happens whereby the opportunity is there and it's somebody they were going to sign in the summer, a bit like Gakpo, I can't see them signing anybody else in January.
1: I suppose the, the one thing that you would say about the the attacking signing, Joe, is that it will mean that maybe one or two midfielder options could come into it who don't then have to play on the left-hand side. You think of, of Oxlade-Chamberlain, maybe that could free him up a little bit. Fabio Cavallo as well can, can play there. I mean, it is clutching at straws a little bit for, for all of these players to stay fit. But as Doidy says, there are, there are some options for Liverpool in that area.
0: There are some options. I mean I mean the main thing I would argue is that these players don't have a track record of staying fit, do they? So you know, but perhaps Klopp knows that. You know, we know what Liverpool are like and, and as he's just as Daly's just alluded to, I think you know that they do have targets in mind, but I'd be very surprised if those targets were, were available in January. So, you know, they they're get a muddle through um until the summer for midfield. So like you're right, you know, I think Oxide Chamberlain, he drifted out the game, didn't he? significantly i thought in the second half on, on monday night um, from the left hand side but in the first half did all right there um but in midfield especially at home against different types of teams i think he, he could be an option and then hopefully and we've been here before haven't we but hopefully cater can stay fit um they obviously have elliot now and, and and um and henderson tiago and, and Fabinho are all currently touchwood still fit so they have options there um as we speak, but we know that that can change Liverpool quite quickly. So I don't want to sit here and be accused of jinxing it because um, you know it's not—it's not very often that Klopp has said in press conferences this season, um, like he just has, that there's no new injuries and they've actually just got another player back. So um, long may that continue.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Stefan Bajsetic as well, one of those doily that's that stepped up a, a little bit and, and done done very well in the, the, the couple of games that he's played in the moments. took the goal certainly very well. Do you think he could have a, a big role to, to play in the second half of, of the season or would you expect it to be kind of a, a five-minute off-the-bench kind of thing as it was against Villa?
2: I think it'll be more than five minutes, but he's not going to play a big role, no. He's 17, 18, sorry, now. So, I can't... You know, we went through all of those options as eleven. Not ahead of him, but instead of him that can play. So I don't think that uh, they'll be getting too many minutes in when push comes to shove. But that's not the point. No one's expecting it to be. He's kind of a bonus, he's the bonus player this season, isn't he? To come on and and do that against Aston Villa. he's he's played well whenever he's came on. There was one I think City, City started against City, didn't he? And I think that was a bit of an education for him. So but what do you expect? Still a teenager playing against Manchester City, you were quite good. So you know, he's not. Everything after that's going to be a lot a bit easier. So, from that sense, he's played. In, he came on against Ajax, didn't he, in the Champions League away from home. He's played in a, a big atmosphere there. Although, admittedly, it wasn't much of an atmosphere by the time he came on because uh, Liverpool were winning three 0 I think. But still there. And um, yeah, I don't think we should put any kind of like great pressure on him. There are a lot of professionals who've been in the game for a lot of years ahead of him. He should be taking on responsibility. He shouldn't be given any responsibility. He should just be given the opportunity, like Ben Doak was. Uh, from the bench, uh, Aston Villa came on. Did Luca Dean, and then just uh, ran down the wing like he does. Anyone who's watching at the academy just did exactly the same thing. And uh, playing with no pressure, so don't think Busquets should be considered a serious option this season. But if he carries on the way he's going, he will be definitely be a, a bigger option in the years to come. Because what we, you know, I, <laughs> look at Tyler Morton, for example. This time last year, Tyler Morton had been was playing in the first team for Liverpool. And now he's, he's spending spent an entire season at Blackburn, the team who don't never draw, um, just playing playing there, and he's played every single week in a, a kind of not defensive midfield role, but it's more of a, a, a you know a deeper line midfield role. That's where Bashkett has been playing. So Liverpool suddenly have two younger options in the same position. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes uh, longer term. Yeah, certainly
1: be interesting. Have to uh, learn how to say his name properly as well. I think between us, we've said it about four different ways. So far I thought it
2: was. Trip. I thought it was. What are you saying? I think it's Bajketic. I said Bajsetic, but I don't, I don't know. think that's right.
0: Um, I haven't attempted to say it. I just always sidestep it and just say. Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> the, <laughs> the teenager. The, the Spanish Serbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Spanish Serbian. The, yeah. the, the twenty twenty yeah. signing. You know, just keep saying different ways, but definitely don't say his name. Um, and yeah. so. Until so I certainly have to. And if he plays a couple of years for Liverpool in the first team, then I'll be forced into learning his name.
2: It could be so, ba- it could be Baketic or Baketic, couldn't it? I can't, you know, it could be... Perhaps we should speak to him and ask him, really, He's shouldn't we? Him, how do you yeah. pronounce your name? Come on, tell us. Yeah. And then he'll say it and we'll forget. Like yeah. Pep. Who's the assistant manager, Matt? Pep Blinders. Which, of course, no one calls it, even though that's yes. how you pronounce it.
0: Even so, you, yeah. you call him it? Pep blinders I'm pretty sure Klopp calls him Pep Linders. Because... because-
1: <laughs> because uh, I spoke spoke to someone who he worked with at Porto about two years ago, and he said to me that that's how it is. And apparently, I uh, I looked it up as well afterwards, and apparently, in Dutch that is how it's pronounced. It's pepine Linders.
2: Apparently, it's like d- dirt Dirkout. He was never should have never been pronounced Dirkout. It was Dirkout.
1: But people did ask him how to say his name and he, mm-hmm. he refused to explain it, didn't he? So hopefully yeah. Stefan by set it. Yep,
2: yep, The ultimate example of this one is, is Jan Molby. It's not even pronounced like that. It's Jan Molbu, That's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but he just gave up on that about 30-odd years ago. Well, hopefully
1: Stefan Bajsetic manages to uh, explain hey. it to us at some point <laughs> <laughs> in the next few weeks or months as he becomes a, a more important part of this Liverpool team. But we'll uh, we'll move properly on to, to Aston Villa, Villadoy. I'll come back to you on, on Darwin Nunez. There was a couple of, of different bits that we wanted to, to get into on this, but he's kind of the uh, the obvious talking point. Uh, I don't want to use the word chaos to describe him because I feel like I've said that so many times this season, but... It is hard to, to think of, of a better word to, 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 to describe his performances.
2: Uh, I will take you to half time in the press box, press room, sorry, Aston Villa. And there was a discussion between a number of journalists in which the virtues or otherwise of Darwin Nunes were, were debated. And it was decided that he was not of the lesser type of footballer. Uh, and it was also agreed, basically, that he's just a bit weird. When it comes to football. And I think uh, you know, not weird as a person, but just it's like the way that he's playing football at the moment. He's this kind of player that you mentioned chaos. Just whenever he gets the ball, you don't know what's gonna happen. He's like a little bit not like a Riggy, but this <laughs> is with the is that I always thought he never knew what he was about to do. I think Nunes knows what he wants to do. Um, but he's got so many as as Joe mentioned before that, that, that Gakpo's got the attributes though, he's very tall, he's very strong, he's very fast that He's getting into positions. We saw against City, he had three chances. Against Villa, he had certainly. We again, we had a debate. of is it a chance with that one that drops down? You know, the missed clearance and it drops down and he tries to volley it first time. Is that a chance or not? You think he should have touched it? I thought he was offside. To be fair.
1: If he'd have took a touch, then it would be a chance. But he took it
2: then, too soon, he, I, didn't he? I, he I, the shin, thought, didn't he? I thought it was hard luck, actually. I thought that I was, thought hard, was hard luck. luck. No, he, I thought... he, the set, one in the second half, he could have done. He should have done a lot better with that one. I think that's the one time it was kind of betrayed that he'd he'd had the kind of instance before. But against City set up a goal. Against City sets up a goal. Against sets up a goal. So he's still contributing these numbers. I think before the World Cup he'd scored someone said seven in ten, was it? So it's like he's a striker. Yeah, you know, he's gonna miss chances. He'd be more worried if as Klopp said, he'd be more worried if he wasn't there getting these chances. But obviously there'll come a time where he has to score them. But uh no, he is uh I mean, every time I write about him, people get really angry because I will like, so don't automatically say, oh, he's the greatest player ever. But he's not. But he might end up being really, really good eventually. Look at, you know, I'm going to make the comparison with a former, a former Liverpool player who played for Uruguay, Luis Suarez. When he first started, everybody realised he was dead good at football. But for the first 12, 18 months, he didn't score loads of goals. And then suddenly, whatever it was, clicked and then he was away. And then literally he was away after that because he left. So, um, I think that for Nunez, he's in the right team to create chance, to get chances because that's the way Liverpool play. And anyone who saw him play against Liverpool last season knows that he knows how to finish. So, that's there in him already. It's just a matter of, like, with any striker, sometimes it's just not there and it's, you know, it's just not there. at the moment he'll, he'll probably score either a ridiculously good goal in the next game or, like, something that's dead spawny, and then he'll be off then. He, he does just generate those chances, though, doesn't he, Joey? He, he does
1: feel like one to me that... I know we've kind of set it up to, to this point in the season. He's been at, at Liverpool for, for a good number of games now. But it does feel like at some point he will just have that moment where one goes in and he maybe goes on a bit of a run. Like like already said and, and what Klopp said, if, if he wasn't getting those chances, you'd be worried. But the fact that he is, it, it's kind yeah. of not really a, a big issue at this moment.
0: Let me tell you a story about a player called Emil Heskey who... Used to always get in the right positions to score goals, and there we go. There we go. Premier League goals—that's a fact. Not many players have done that, so there you go. He's in the hundred club, and, and Darwin Nunes, same thing. Gets in the right positions, doesn't he? But it also, it's just, the only thing I think is—I think about the Suarez thing, and it, it feels like the easy comparison, doesn't it, Suarez? But I don't remember the discourse around him at the time when he scored say eleven. Was it eleven goals in his first full season? being about him being wasteful. It was more um you know people you say he's a scorer of great goals rather than a great goal scorer or he's a more deep line forward than, than an out and out goal scorer. Whereas Nunez isn't a deep line forward in any respect. You know he, he, he sort of operates pretty much everywhere doesn't he Nunez? but um and he does miss he does miss chances. I got a text on Monday night um uh, from somebody saying I'm done with this Dosser after he missed what the third of of, of of several big chances. And I, I you know I couldn't have I couldn't have disagreed with that more. But at the same time it what it wasn't it was hard not to get frustrated with him when he when he did miss that chance on his left foot that Doyle mentioned, you know, because as I say, the, the volley was, you know, I, I thought he, he did quite well to take that early and I thought he might catch the goalkeeper off, off guard and, and put it in. He didn't, but the the other one, that one on his left foot, he thought, oh, come on, you've got to get that on target. And It it seems to happen to him a a fair bit that he misses chances. But I do remember another player um, who I think it's forgotten about because he turned the corner pretty quickly and ended up having a a magnificent season. But if you think back to Salah's early few months at Liverpool, he certainly missed a lot of chances. And I remember particularly in the the Man City 5-1 game, or 5-0, sorry, I should say, um, where Mane got sent off. Before Mane went, in the first, it felt like half an hour of the game, I'm pretty sure Salah had two or three big chances to score and, and didn't. Um, and then he just suddenly got into his groove and and that's the hope, I think, for for, for uh, Nunes is that one or two more start going in he gets a bit of luck um, because he can't keep getting into these positions and not scoring goals. And he's already scored a fair few this season. So the biggest worry for me is that the discourse around him gets stronger and stronger and you st- see more of these compilation videos and while on one hand it's easy to dismiss them as silly social media nonsense, I also think it, there is a danger that that gets into the player's head and he worries about himself and, you know, starts snatching at more chances and it, it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. So hopefully he can, you know, put a few away. And I think, I hope, the, the clock plays him a fair bit through this next period to try and get him on the score
1: sheet a fair bit. I suppose that the thing for me, Doddy, is he scored, what, five in the Premier League and, and three in the Champions League so far. Eight goals at, at this point in the season. It, it feels later in the season than what it is. Even if he carries on scoring at the rate that he's scoring at this moment, you'd think he'd end up with, what, 20 foot for the season? 20 goals a season. I know Mohamed Salah will probably get more, but that's not a bad starting point to be coming off from.
2: No, it's not. And he'll probably get that if he, doesn't, if he avoids injury because of what we said, because they're going to create that many chances. And uh, I don't know sure what more what, what we can say about him now. I think we've we, we kind of de- debated him there. I mean, he'll as I said, he could easily just score a ridiculous overhead kick against Leicester on Friday night or hit a shot that it's both posts come out, it's the goalkeeper and goes out for a, for a throwing or something stupid like that. You know, that's the kind of player he is. He's just... Uh, he is, he, is, he is not funny to watch, but he's someone who's always going to generate debates purely because of the way that he is. But I do think that... I think anybody who's having a laugh at him now, I do think that over the course of time, Nunes will have the last laugh. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices up down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
2: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. it to get 30, 30, bit get 30, get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com Does he have a quiet game for Liverpool yet? Yeah. I'm trying to think about... Any game that he's played in, could you call it a quiet game? I, I can't think of one.
2: I can't think of any. When he came on against Derby, he had a couple of chances, didn't he, in the League Cup at the end? He's got, was- got a pen as well, didn't he, in the shootout, yeah, so yeah. yeah.
0: It feels like every game he's been in, he's he's either... Well, he certainly attracts attention, doesn't he? And, and I just can't... I can't think that that is a bad thing. I can't think that's a bad thing for him to be involved in so Because even if he doesn't score, there's opportunities for others to score, isn't there? So, <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm I'm still very excited by him, and I, you know, whenever his name is on the team, she's. Um, He's box office,
2: isn't
0: he, Joe? He's box office. He is, he is. It's a cliche, but he is box office, and and you know, I, I think you know, hopefully the same with Gakpo. But when you, when you sign players, you know, it's like Salah. You almost take Salah for granted now, and Salah is more cerebral about the way he plays. You know, when he first started, he was involved in everything. And now he just pops up in the right positions and scores his goals, doesn't he? And and whereas. Nunez is the one that you're watching all the time and, and and keeps you entertained. So, you know, whenever he's on the team sheet, I'm pretty excited about watching the football.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he'll continue to get chances as well with Trent and Robertson putting crosses in Doidi. We'll come to to those two next. Obviously, Robertson with a breaking of a record, I'm sure Trent will will overtake him at some point in the the Premier League. And the pass from Trent as well, which uh, generated that first goal, we've got to talk about that. It was uh, it was a really promising time, wasn't it, to see both of the fullbacks doing the things that we've kind of got used to them doing up to this season.
2: But Robertson was like that before before the uh, before the World Cup. I think it was after the last. The last international, he didn't start the season particularly well, but after the international break that was before the World Cup, which would have been end of September, beginning of October. So the following six weeks after that, I thought he was really good. Uh, with Trent, again, even Trent started to find a bit of form, didn't he, just before they went off to the World Cup, which is partly why there wasn't the big hoo-ha over him being selected, of course, although he, have, he only played what, half an hour against Wales or something like that. Um, but, yeah, with it, 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 talking about the goal, the pass, is that when the ball dropped to him, spoke to a ghosty about this a bit a bit later on. He just thought, well, something's going to happen here. You, know, you didn't think, what's he going to do here? Because you, know, you, you always expect him to do something. And it was all over in a split second. He spots the run, which is great in itself to actually see it and envision it. But then to then have the actual skill to then hit it with the outside of his foot and put it right there where it kind of invites invites uh, Robertson just to put it across goal and Salah knocked it in. So I think second half, he got a little bit tired. I thought cause we were we were kind of Liverpool were defending the end that that wing was by where the press boxes at Villa Park, so we got to see quite a lot of him. And who um, came on? I can't remember who came on. Or who was playing at, at left wing for Villa? But he never got past him once. But there was a, quite a few times where it wasn't so much last ditch, but Trent had to put in a bit of a, a bit of a sprint, a bit of an effort to get back and and stop it. And I think that told a little bit in the last last like uh, 20 minutes, which is why Joe Gomez came on. But overall, for Trent. To, you know play that pass the overall game, did well, always looks a threat and he was putting in a, a, a few good crosses as well. I think that uh, it all all goes well and as I said, I think Robertson was just carried on where he where he left off from uh, from back in November.
1: I think the, the thing with the the pass, Joe, from Trent and, and a couple of other bits in there is you could just see there was a little bit more confidence within him, as, as the story said. We kind of saw that a little bit towards the, the back end of, of the first part of the season. But he did just look like things started to come a little bit more naturally to him again, which obviously can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's it. He looked a bit fresher, didn't he? And like you say, like things were coming naturally, I think it is the best way of describing it. Because he does look like a, a player who, in the past, Several months has overthought things a little bit, you know. He he clearly has got great ability, but I think at times has just overthought the defensive side of things and not just allowed himself to play. So, you know, I think almost the World Cup did him good because after the whole debate about him playing for England or not, that all settled down. Because once the World Cup started, it was sort of accepted, Trent's not really going to play here, and he was just out the spotlight then. So, you know, it probably. Would have been worse for him but he played at the world cup and then if they had conceded a goal there might have been a load of debate around his positioning or whatever it might be so it you know i think he does look a little bit refreshed um and liverpool themselves i think as well you know looked refreshed and that will help him you know i think they did give up chances to aston villa the other night but it was a much better liverpool performance all round, and i think liverpool would much be much happy to be in a game like that where they do give up a few chances but create far more at the other end than say against Nottingham Forest area this year, which was just a, a slog. So I think, I think Liverpool looked better and Trent for it. Um, so, hopefully, this is the start of a, a bit of a, a better run of form for him and the team. But um, yeah, I think think the World Cup probably on the on the slide did him a bit of good.
1: Yeah, I think it could be that sort of open game against Leicester as well. Just before we finish, we can pick our teams for that match. Obviously, we know Cody Gapo won't be playing. Alison Becker will be And Do you want to talk us through your back four?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be uh, Trent, Van Dijk, Canati and Robertson.
1: Interesting. Connors, they straight back in. Joe, same for you or matter to stay in?
0: See that's another one, Connote. I know, yeah. I, I was it's going to mention that there. Yeah. is it like yeah. yeah, yeah. Conate, yeah. Conate.
2: Conate. Uh,
0: let's, let's decide on okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Conate. Okay. Connate or Conate is is not coming straight back into mind. Just because we haven't seen too much amount. Yeah, I, I would keep it the same. I don't see the point in, in messing around with it. So same back for me.
1: Yeah, same for me. Same for me, Joe. We'll move on to the, uh, the midfield as well. Same midfield as well, Joe? Or are you going to make one or two changes in there?
0: No, I, th- I think I think in midfield is where you're going to have to rotate a little bit because they've got another game, haven't they, Monday, and then obviously see that old dusty cup the following weekend where you could probably just put the other 12s out, couldn't you? Um, now they're out the league. How, uh, how mm-hmm.
2: devastated were you by <laughs> how they lost in the league
0: cup? <laughs> somebody's devastated? But then, again... Look at how good that game was, by the way. Not enough has been written and said about that, that brilliant game of football, better than any game that we've seen in the last six weeks. Um, just it is the best. Honestly, FIFA's the best thing FIFA could do is just scrap their club world championship plans, scrap the world cup, and just buy the rights to the League Cup, call it the FIFA League Cup, and that can be their thing, can't it? Um, so there you go. That's my that. Infantino, if you're listening, I'm feeling a bit League Cupish today, and you could, um, you could get in touch <laughs> he, with me. He you always could, listens to the podcast. Could, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. Do have, he feels he feels a bit
2: a bit blood red today. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, if you are
0: feeling blood red today and you are listening, Infantino, give us a call. We could um, <laughs> sit round in a salt bay restaurant and discuss um, the future of the, the League <laughs> Cup. Can we get him on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, him on great, bay, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, it'd be good to see him at the League Cup final, wouldn't it? Sprinkling salt all over the trophy um i've I've lost my train of thought um midfield midfield, (laughs) Um, i I would like to mix it up a little bit um just because i think they've got they've got many games they're gonna have to rotate there so you know what he's fit we may as well use him get nabby back in there he can um he can put a shift in we haven't seen much of him so i'll throw him in there and i'll um i'll take out i'll take out tiago um yeah, and, and put in, so it'd be Henderson, Keita and
1: Fabinho. I'm going to go the uh, the same as the other day, Donny. I thought Fabinho was was good as well, looked a little bit sharper and a, a little bit more like his usual self against Villa than possibly what he had done in the start of the season. Are you sticking with the same or are you the same as Joe, making a change?
2: Depends on what Henderson, how he feels, because he's not been well, has he? So, uh, I mean, Fabinho's definitely playing and Thiago. So probably, yeah, I would probably not play Henderson and I'd play Harvest, Harvey Elliott, play him. Yeah,
1: there are a few options aren't there? front line then. Tony, I'll
2: come back to you. I think I can
1: guess two of them and then possibly the the third one as well, but I'll let you talk us through it.
2: Yeah, Darwin Nunes can go on the right, Mohamed Salah on the left and we're going to put uh, Adrian down the middle. No, (laughs) that would be silly. Uh, Although I'll tell you what that would be. That would be weird. (laughs) Um, Nunes down the middle, Salah on the right. Keep it the same. Uh, Ox can go on the left. I thought, while Joe's right, he did fade second half. I did think he did well first half. And it was his run where he just kept on running through all the players that won the uh, corner from which they scored the second goal.
1: Yeah, I think think he did all right, didn't he? I think I'd probably put him in again, probably see Fabio Cavallo off the bench. Same for you, Joe, or are you going to mix it up a little bit?
0: Mm, Yeah, I I was before you asked the question i was thinking of playing Cavallo just for the sake of changing it up but you know what you've charmed me let's um let's let's leave oxide chamberlain in there i think he deserves another go at it and um it'll do him some good as well to get a bit more game time under his belt so yeah um we'll stick him in there
1: yeah, it'd be nice to see him giving a, a little bit of a run, though I doubt that will last for too long when a couple of those options come back. But hopefully he can make the, uh, the most of that. We'll finish with uh, some match predictions then. I think I'll go 2-0. I think Liverpool might keep a clean sheet. I think they'll uh, make make light work of, of Leicester. I'm sure Leicester will want to bounce back from their result against Newcastle Doidy. But Liverpool to win?
2: Um, you'd think that they would do. I mean, Leicester, I've seen them play quite a bit uh, this season and they're not very good. Um, so you it to what they used to be like They'd, and they've got no Madison there does Vardy even start anymore did, didn't he come on a sub against Newcastle I've not seen yeah. the game obviously because it was at the Villa game but yeah but Vardy always scores against Liverpool so I've got 3-1 Liverpool Vardy will score for Leicester
1: yeah he, he didn't play did he, the other day but I'm sure he probably will do And
2: Anfield Joe what do you reckon
0: I fancy a 3-1 um, just precisely because yeah I think Leicester sort of so, Team to have a decent goal scoring record against Liverpool, but yeah, they just think of a side that is treading water until the manager leaves. Really, Leicester, um, you know, they have just they've been nothing this season really. So uh, yeah, um three one feels about right. You you jibbing Brendan? Then I just I just feel like I just feel like you can tell that this cycle at Leicester has come to an end, and and I think. He's a bit of a cyclical manager, isn't he, Brendan Rogers. I think his, his 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 methods work for a little bit and then sort of wear off, and that's what it feels with Leicester. It feels like in terms of transfer spend as well, he's taken them as far as he can. I, you know, I, I just think it's a matter of time before he leaves or gets the sack, and and then you know they start again with someone else. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah, no. Um, I'm- have to agree with you. I'm not sure where he would go next or who Leicester would get, but yeah, it does sort of feel like uh, another defeat probably wouldn't do him particularly good. But we shall see what happens. We'll leave it there for today's podcast. We'll have the next Blood Red podcast for you on Tuesday. That'll be after both the Leicester and the Brentford fixtures. Obviously, Liverpool playing Friday and Monday this weekend. Loads of other content on the channel, the Echo site and Liverpool.com as well before then. Have a happy new year and we'll catch you next week.